Hello, TSF family. We wanted to start off by saying thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast and for your hard work to love yourself more and for your feedback. Can you believe it's been three years that we've been doing this spiritual fix and it has been such a beautiful labor of love for Anna and me. We have loved doing this work. We've loved hearing from you and we love exploring ourselves and each other alongside our listeners. We wanted to put out the call for three ways that you can help support us to support you. One, we would love you to leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. Two, drop us an email and let us know how much the podcast means to you. And three, you can donate monthly or even just once to our PayPal patronage. Every little bit helps and we are so grateful to those of you who have donated already. Thank you. You help make this podcast possible. Thanks, y'all. You can go to our website, www.thisspiritualfix.com for information on how to pledge as well as to email us. This Spiritual Fix presents TSF Shorts. A potluck of preludes between episodes. Welcome to this TSF Short, where today we will be debating about clutter and how clean does a house need to be kept and up to whose standards. Enjoy. Hello, Anna. Hello, Christina. How are you? I'm okay. And welcome our listeners to this TSF short, which is a mini episode where we don't really go into shadow work stuff. We just talk about things of interest for you to enjoy. Yes, indeed. You can listen to our differing opinions or maybe not. Actually, I feel like a lot of the time they don't end up being differing about a lot of things. We just, we always just have a good conversation. So yes, come have a tea, have some tea, have a good conversation. Well, today we're going to actually debate, not necessarily debate, but we have opposing views on a topic. Maybe we don't. Maybe we're going to find out we have the same opinion. But on the surface level, it looks like we have a different opinion on this topic, which we're going to get into. But first, I just wanted to tell Christina how my husband and I are newly obsessed with a new BBC show, which is actually on HBO, but you can find it on Amazon Prime. And guess who the author is of this series? Uh, Who? Robert Galbraith. Do you know who that is? I don't know who that is. Who is that? It is a pseudonym for J.K. Rowling, which is really interesting. So she has a male pseudonym because she didn't want the Harry Potter franchise to like get caught up in a murder mystery. And so she has this character. His name is C.B. Strike or Corman Strike. And the show is called C.B. Strike. And it's really good. And he is a... Like he is a veteran from the Afghanistan war. He's an ex British soldier and he's a below the knee amputee. And he's a private investigator, ex cop, ex military. And his father was like a celebrity, but he never met his dad. That part really had nothing to do with the show, but it's a really good show, really good mysteries. It, they're kind of cozy in that Agatha Christie way where you don't really have to see all the blood and guts, but. You really get mentally invested. And the actor who plays CB Strike is really good. And then he hires this temp assistant. And her lifelong dream is to be a detective or investigator. And so she rises to the challenge to become his partner. And they're like this cool team of investigators. Really good show. Highly, highly, highly recommended if you like a good murder mystery. And it's from J.K. Rowling. And we're like, what? This is crazy. This is just nuts. That's really interesting. What's it called again? CB Strike. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, If you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it there. Yeah, it's interesting uh, because I wonder 
I feel like, okay, so JK is androgynous, right? And then having a male pseudonym is really, really interesting, especially because of all the controversy around JK Rowling and, and her like support of transgender rights. Her lack I, of support, we should say. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying like her <laughs> lack of support around is that she chooses to use male pseudonyms or androgynous pseudonyms. Like, I just think that's really an interesting thing. Methinks thou dost protest too much. Right. I was a little annoyed that she used a male pseudonym, actually, because I feel like there's not enough female writers out there that are detective novels. I don't know yeah. of any. Yeah. So now she's just created an, another male. But yeah, I, I was a little disappointed she used a male pseudonym. I just want a female to get recognition, I guess. Yeah. A good book. Yeah. But just the fact that she's like, oh, I can change genders. It's a weird thing. You're right. Yeah, it's weird, but I'm it's, I'm glad to, I I love a cozy a good cozy mystery. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that wreck, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. What about you, Christina? What are you watching these days? Well, I. Uh, I'm the type of person who like, whenever I go over to somebody's house and they have a different streaming platform, I like get into something there. And I usually only try and get in movies, but this case I was around somebody with an Apple plus membership. And so I started watching invasion and it was very interesting. I actually really appreciate it. It was like, it, it follows five people as they follow, as they react in very different ways in different circumstances to an alien invasion. That's like at first very kind of veiled, like no one really knows. Everyone thinks it's a terrorist attack and it just keeps happening in different ways in different places, but then they start to realize what it is. So I'm about like, I got about like three fourths of the way through the season. And so I'm, I might like actually get a subscription to finish it. Cause I was so into it. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's, um, I always wonder about this. Um, there's a type of propaganda that's like specifically for like trying to make people okay or normalize situations that, you know, they're not necessarily that are not normal. And so if we see them on image, our brain can't actually tell the difference. And so if it happens in real life, we're like, oh, now I'm prepared. Like sometimes I always wonder about these things. I'm sure it's probably just good TV and that's just me thinking too deeply about it. But yeah. Oh, like you're afraid you're going to get desensitized to what? Is it violent or it's... No, it? just about the whole alien invasion thing, right? You know, because... What's it called again? It's called Invasion. Oh, I think I saw it. Did you? Is it British? Or like there's a someone in Morocco and then there's a storyline in England. Yeah, there's a storyline in England and one in Japan and one in America. Yeah. Yes, I loved it. Yes, yes. Uh, no, I was saying it normalized to alien invasions. Like uh, for a while, there was like a theory that Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds was like meant to be a veiled like instructions as to what to do in the case of an emergency of like, don't have a gun because it'll be used against you. And like all these different things that are like theorists have kind of gone into what the the veiled messages um, could be in there. So it's just, it's a really interesting um thing because I always really appreciated what I heard once from that channel, which is that there's no, from a channel, I can't remember exactly which one, which said that uh, we're quarantined to the, the solar system because we haven't evolved enough to be allowed out. So anybody who's in our solar system, who's an alien is going to be benevolent because they've evolved to the point where they're not violent species anymore. Did you, was it you who told me that Obama was coming out with an alien movie and your theory was that because he has intel on 
aliens from the White House that I think this it's was a, a preparation. pole shift movie. I think it's more of a pole shift movie than an alien movie, like a sunspot pole shift movie, which is if you get into it, the poles are moving <laughs> and we're overdue for it and uh, gravitational reversal or it's a whole thing. And so that's why you're seeing, I think like even this year, there've been six auroras that have gone down into the Southern United States. And that usually only happens, you would only previously have gotten six auroras happening that low, that far South over the last 20 years, not over a single year that isn't even over. So there's a lot that's the, there's a weakening magnetic field. We're coming into a solar maximum. There's a lot of stuff that has to do with that. And that's what I think that Obama thing is about. (laughs) But do you, uh, not to put you in the spot, do you know the name of it, the book or the movie? It has Julia Roberts. And I want to say it's it's just one of those names that is so hard for me to remember, like uh, the last thing I'll ever do or something along those lines. Let me just Google it. Leave the world behind. And the the theory, not the theory, the story that came from it is that they kept becoming more and more and more audacious with the kind of premise behind it, like their director did. And and some with the director or the producer came up to Obama and it was like, how is this? He's like, yeah, that's about right. That's like wow. the direct quote of what he said. So so we're recording this in 2023. Yeah. And um, just in case anyone is in the future listening to this, and it looks like the movie is coming out on Netflix December 8th. Oh, so not not that far away. Okay. Yeah, we got about a week. Interesting. It'll be it'll be our Hanukkah gift to ourselves. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. So, okay, so what we're debating today, right, is we are this is uh this was something that I sent to Anna because I wanted to know her opinion on it and it's from the subreddit declutter and it's very it's an interesting thing. So, I'm going to read it to you guys. The title is, help me understand, I am the spouse of a declutterer and feel like I am the clutter she is trying to get out of the house. Woo, that's quite the title. I have ADHD and object permanence, which I think they meant to say object impermanence. And my wife wants everything perfectly put away slash decluttered at all times. We had an arrangement that a section of the counter in our laundry room could be my drop zone, broken things to be fixed, found pieces that belong to something, but not yet sure what notes and sketches of things I'm working on or intend to work on bills, tools that need to be returned to my shop, just a general drop zone. She expressed how that brings her stress and anxiety a few times now. And I love her and I don't want to cause her stress. So I threw it all in a box and brought it to my shop. I want to be a supportive spouse who hears and meets her needs, but that was my last spot in the house that I had freedom to put my miscellaneous stuff in current projects. I feel like, quote unquote, I am being decluttered out of our house. Like there is no room for my imperfection. I still have my clothes, toiletries, one tool drawer, and a few books working on masters still in the house. Otherwise, I feel like I'm being moved out and that my existence stresses her. Am I doing the right thing by giving up my space? I will be around the house less if if I need to always go out to my shop to pay bills, tinker, sketch, et cetera. And at what point does decluttering go from getting rid of mental weight of material things to being focused on decluttering the material things become the focus over the people? She has offered me a drawer to put my stuff in, but last time we tried, I forgot about everything in there. For me, putting things out of sight might as well be thrown away. Even important things for her, anything that isn't hers that is in sight is a problem. How do we exist successfully in the same place? In his background is they've been married for 20 years. She is a stay-at-home mom of 17, 15, and 13-year-olds, and he works long shifts. If 
work slant shift so that he, if they if he doesn't finish things before they go to work, they can sit for a couple of days and sometimes much longer uh, if they're busy and when uh, to have time for days off. And so he's asking, do experts have any advice or possible solutions? So when you and I were going back and forth this morning, you were saying that energetically she's kicking him out of the house, right? What were you telling? You were telling me in feng shui. Yes. So go in, ahead. Yeah. So in feng shui, there's this concept that everybody, if you want somebody to stay in the house energetically, you need to give them a space. Right. And, and this is, we see this like displayed all the time when two people are going to be cohabitating or like going into the beginning parts of the relationship. Like I cleared out a drawer for you, or I left some room in the closet for you. Right. Like it's a very, very symbolic thing in feng shui to give someone their space. When Luke and I lived in a 14 foot across dome, no space at all. He is just like this. He is very, very cluttery in the sense that he will like just put all of the contents of his pockets like out and he will never clean it up. Right. It's just like this mass of receipts and coins and everything. Right. It's just like his mess. And I remember that I needed to do that in, you know, cause I was, I was living on the property of a feng shui um, master at that time, but like, she was like, you need to give him his space. Otherwise he's not going to feel like he he's, he's always going to feel unsettled because he's not going to actually have that space. And so, you know, technically his wife has given, in this case, the, the wife has given the, the partner a drawer, but his argument is that, or, or their argument, I don't actually know if they've said if they're male or female, I realize that their argument is that they have object impermanence, meaning that if they can't see it, they don't know it's there, which is a very real problem for people with ADHD. And therefore they may as well be not be given a, a drawer at all, right? That they have a very specific need to have a space, which they can just keep to themselves. That is, you know, that they can see everything, right? So it's like, it's not, I don't just need a drawer because a drawer doesn't work for me. I need a space, but I need to energetically be in that space. And he obviously, this person obviously feels that. So, so from the perspective of feng shui energetically, yes, she is kicking him out, right? Because she's not giving him a space that actually works for him, right? It'd be very similar to like, I'm going to give you space in my closet but you don't ever hang up your clothes. So it's useless space. It's like a, it's like an empty offering when the person doesn't actually hang up their clothes. Well, my counter to that is he's, he talks about having a shop and the way that he talked about it, it made it sound like he has a shop attached to the house. Like I'd like to talk and like clarify with him. Is your shop miles away? Is it like an actual shop where you sell things? Or do you mean like a workshop, like a garage shop? You know, if it's a shop that's attached to the house or on the property, I think it's totally justifiable that he puts his mess in the shop. Like that's his place. If it means he's in the house less, so be it. But I think that the person who has a reasonable desire for tidiness and order, that need comes first. And I also think mm -hmm. that within reason, within reason, not, you know, there are cases I saw on Reddit where like someone required her husband to shower three times a day. Now that's unreasonable. But, you know, but, but within, within reason, and I guess everyone's idea of what is within reason varies, but like, I think the person with the higher criteria gets the right of way. And I'll give you an example. Like I would sleep with, in the same bed as our dogs 
our dogs are not in the, in the woods, like Christina's, like they don't have ticks and fleas. They're, they're suburban dogs. And I would totally sleep with them in our bed. And I did before I got married, but my husband doesn't want dogs in the bed. To me, he gets the right of way. The person with the higher criteria gets the right of way. And therefore I acquiesce. It's not my ideal situation, but I'm fine to not sleep with the dogs in the house. I also think it's important to recognize that he says his wife is a stay-at-home mother, mm-hmm. which means that her job and her workplace are one and the same. Yes. So she's he's asking of her to ma- let a mess be around in her workspace. The laundry room is her place of work. Like, hello, if you're a stay-at-home mom to three children and you work out or say you wear scrubs or you have an extra outfit, there's a lot of laundry. That's a that's a high workload area. And that's her workspace. And I, and I think that people devalue the stay-at-home partner, the stay-at-home parent. Like people don't recognize that when you're a stay-at-home parent, you are on the clock, like all the time. I, I'm pretty much, yes, I work. I work part-time. I'm the default parent of the house. I'm the homemaker of the house. And like when I get home, I don't always see it as my my place of refuge. I see it as like, I've got things to do. I've got work to do. I've got laundry to fold. I've got a place to tidy, food to cook, dishes to wash, you know? And like, I, I don't think he's taking that into consideration that this is her workspace. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny because of course we kind of always end up thinking around the same lines is that, you know, feng shui is one thing. And I think that to your point, I think it's important, um, especially because, you know, one of the people in the comments brings up the fact they say, my spouse and I both have ADHD, but we have opposite relationships to clutter. It gives me anxiety and stress to see random stuff everywhere. And Anna and I have been talking about this recently about having a visual processing disorder versus an auditory processing disorder. And somebody who has a neurodivergence of some sort, and, and maybe his wife does and just doesn't realize it. If you have some sort of visual thing too, like that's something that would make it so that even if you were ADHD or neurodivergent, you would still need things to be clean. So it's also like a consideration too, that like she may not have as outwardly, he may not have a visual processing disorder is my problem, right? It's my, is my point. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Right. Like maybe if the countertop doesn't work and he feels like the shop is too isolating, I don't understand why they can't get like a, you know, those foldable frozen dinner trays that people can sit in front of the, yeah. why can't he put one in his closet? I don't know if they share a closet. Now, if they share a closet, it will drive her nuts. But if they have his and hers closets, a small little table that he could have his mess on would be good. Because I think she needs to have the opportunity to close the door and not look at it. Yes. That's my theory. Yeah. Because it being in the laundry room, that is like, the to me, I'm thinking that's the worst place. Because laundry to me is like such a heavy yeah. workload. Like that's the, Like my husband sounds a lot like this guy. And I sound a lot like this wife. But my husband's office is in our basement. So our agreement is he can keep his office as messy as he wants. And I just don't go down there. Like I don't go down there. And when I do go down there, I brace myself for the chaos, the visual chaos that overwhelms my system. Yes. Like it it overwhelms me and I just don't look at it. And then when his things like collect in on the other floors of the house. <laughs> yeah. And then I will just take them down and dump them on his office desk, which is probably really annoying for him. But I'm just like out of sight, out of mind. He needs to be able to see it and she needs to be able to not see it. So maybe the closet is a good place because then he will be forced to see it when he gets dressed. And she only has to go in there when she's putting away his clothes. Yeah, that might be a good thing. I think too, it's interesting in my house, 
my husband is the stay at home dad and he's the one who's the homemaker and he's the one that does everything. Both of us have an issue with, um, both of us have an issue with cleanliness in general, uh, in terms of like really deep cleaning, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're good at kind of tidying, but when it comes to like really deep cleaning, you know, we, we basically have to try and move into our places of discomfort in order to keep the house clean on a regular basis. Right. Um, you know, maybe someday we'll have a cleaner, but you know, right now, like today, I just cleaned the oven because that's just not something that he sees when he cleans up the kitchen. And to me, there's a part of me in the back of my head that's like, well, he's the, the homemaker. So why isn't he cleaning the stove or the oven? You know, that should be a part of it, but that's not his strong suit. So that's where I step in. And and I have my own office. I'm going to be moving my office to a building very similar to what this guy's talking about, which is like, it's like a separate building. I'm a little hesitant about that because I'm, you know, he's the stay-at-home dad. I'm also kind of like, I I moonlight as, as a mom in between my sessions and all that kind of stuff. But he's going to move into this room and that's for the best because right now his office is in the kitchen and it's, and he can't keep it clean. Like he just can't like that same, like that I was talking to you about, like how he just like empties his pockets out. Like his whole brain is just like spread out all over his desk and he has to clean it. He maybe cleans it like once every month or two, but like it, it extends onto the dining room table. It extends, like it just keeps going. And, you know, we start to realize that we have to make accommodations for each other's weaknesses and, in this case, moving him into a room where he's going to have more space, more stuff to store stuffs, and, and it's going to be more out of sight is going to be a really good thing. So I think I agree with you on the one hand that it is her workspace and it needs to be moved out of the laundry room. I don't agree that she should have the say over every single square inch of the house like of the actual house, that's the communal shared space. Like, I feel like, like you said, that solution, something that he can still see it is good. And then he also has to move into his discomfort and realize that if he has object impermanence, maybe his job is to, you know, every two weeks go and look in the drawer and schedule it, or, you know, like get somebody to help you. Like, you know what I mean? Move into the discomfort of, of this this problem and not just say like, this is something I can't do. There are many different tactics and things that you can do if you're neurodivergent to, to counteract object impermanence. And it's not just keeping stuff out right. so that everybody can see it. I will agree with you that he does deserve and need his own space. Like you were saying with Feng Shui, I just don't think the laundry room is the right place. I don't think yeah. the kitchen's the right place. I think if he doesn't have his own office, the shop, or a closet. He, it needs to be somewhere he can see it. I, I don't think he needs to get in the habit of opening the drawer. I, I feel like that's a big ask. The whole world already does not conform to ADHD people. They already face way more stress and a rejection sensitivity than anyone else. I don't think yes. he needs more of that in his home. He needs to have the counter where he can see it, but it also needs to be a place that she can quarantine her eyes from. Yeah. It needs to be a low traffic area for her and a high traffic area for him, which is why I'm thinking the closet or the shop. Yeah. It's so interesting. There was another comment that says ADHD is way too complex for a simple solution. And they say marriage counseling or divorce are seriously the only option here. ADHD and OCD are not compatible at all without a lot of help, which I thought is a really interesting comment. Um, I don't think she has OCD, maybe because she sounds like me. <laughs> I think she has, I think she has weak visual processing and it stresses her out to CMS. Yeah. That's my, my theory. 
Yeah. And I don't think it's an OCD thing. I don't know enough about her, but my guess is if she was truly OCD, she wouldn't be able to be married to him for 20 years, let alone one year. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. It's really good. Point. I would love if, if, if you're listening to this and you know, the author of that post, please forward them this episode. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's so, it's really, it's fascinating because I think that the more that we recognize that there are places to your point, I say moving into my discomfort, it's hard. I would really love to not have to do certain things, right? I would really love to not have to, you know, clean the stove because it hasn't been cleaned in three weeks. You know what I mean? Like I would really love to to do all that kind of stuff. And yet I also recognize that like, we're trying to, cre- we're trying to co-create the space together. And I guess maybe that's my unique situation, but I, I do think that there's a, a level of, of co-creation and, and also accommodation that we need to do in our relationships. So, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to next week when we do human design part two, Christina. Yes, indeed. Me too. All right. Thanks y'all. And remember humility, gratitude, acceptance, done. Let me tell y'all a riddle. There are four girls and four apples in a basket. Every girl takes an apple, yet one apple remains in the basket. How is this possible? The answer, one girl took the basket. She took the last apple while it was in the basket. Sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift. This is my specialty, y'all, and I am opening up two spots in the next two months for dedicated journeyers to work with me to find peace, purpose, and most importantly, perspective. In these journeys, we co-create a curriculum that suits your current blocks, goals, and needs, and we use all the tools, shadow work, books, fiction, remote viewing, intuition, meditation, guided journeys, energy healing, dreaming techniques, you name it, we do it, and all to achieve a commonly held set of objectives. And if you're interested in hearing more, Book a free call with me at www.chriswilty.com forward slash discover.